morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. My name is Anthony Moore, <clears throat> and I serve as the um, senior pastor of Carolina Church, located in Fort Washington, Maryland. I'm honored to have each of you and every one of you be a part of this um, prayer call that happens to be the Carolina Prayer Call. And I'm grateful to God that the Lord has allowed me to facilitate this and to have you as an audience. We have been um, wrestling with this whole idea about our conscience and being convicted about that which is of God versus that which is of the world. In Acts chapter 24, Acts 24, verse 16 it tells us there in Acts 24, verse 16, that I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. So Acts 24, 16 says that you and I, we strive always, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and man. And the question that we have been dealing with is how to get and how to keep a good conscience. How do we get and how do we keep a good conscience being driven by the scripture found in Acts twenty four sixteen that we ought to strive always to keep our conscience clear before God and man. We determined, based upon our previous studies, that a good conscience is powered by the Spirit. A good conscience is set by the Word. And a good conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what we determine, you all, that a good conscience, number one, is powered by the Holy Spirit. It's powered by the Holy Spirit. Number two, it is set by the word. And number three, it is cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We started tackling those three areas. We determined that a good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit. And we utilized the passage of scripture found in John, chapter 16, verse 8. John 16, verse 8. And this is what it says. And when he comes. The he here, by the way, is the Holy Spirit. So the writer here, Jesus is telling us, when the Holy Spirit comes, that's what it says in John 16 and 8, when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. So the Holy Spirit that powers our conscience will do three things for us. Number one, it will convict of guilt in regard to sin. Number two, it will convict of guilt in regard to righteousness. And then number three, it will convict of guilt in regard to judgment. In regard to judgment. And that's where we left off last week, you all, and I was dealing with this whole idea about um, the conscience and how it is in fact powered by the Holy Spirit, 
how it is set by the word of God is where I want to start today. So, um, if you look in Psalm 119, Psalm 119, verse 11, verse 11, not only is a good conscience powered by the Holy Spirit, but a good conscience is also set by the word of God. It's set by the word of God, S-E-T, set by the word of God. In Psalms 119, verse 11, this is what it says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That's what Psalms 119, verse 11 says, that I, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I told you all, uh, I used the analogy about an alarm clock. If the alarm clock is the function, I told you it has to be powered. If you take the batteries out of an alarm clock, it will not function. If you unplug it from the phone, if there is no power being driven to the, to the, to the um, alarm clock or to the clock, it will not function. So we establish on the front end that if the alarm clock is the function, it has to be powered. But we also need to establish this. It also has to be set. If the alarm is to sound, it has to be set. Well, a good conscience is first powered by the Holy Spirit, but then secondly, it is set by the Word of God. It's set by the Word of God. So hiding God's word in our hearts will train us, it will train our conscience to sound the alarm and to keep us from sin. So the word is what helps us to be guarded. It will train our consciousness to sound the alarm and to keep you and I from sin. Now, uh, like David, hiding God's word in your heart uh, is what David said that we ought to be doing. Um, it, it just it shouldn't it shouldn't be just a part of our brain. It ought to be something that's hid in our heart that we give value to, that we love, that we in, are endeared to. When you hide God's word in your heart, that word shapes and strengthens your conscience. And a good conscience is the best defense against sin and temptation. If the word is just in your brain, it just makes you aware and allows you to set up a defense as to why you can participate. When it's in your heart, it grieves us when we go against God's word. So he says, I need you to hide the word in your heart. And when we hide the word in our heart, it shapens and it strengthens our conscience. A good conscience is your best defense against sin and temptation. And the only way for us to have a good conscience is for it to be powered by the Holy Spirit and for it to be set by God's word. Let me give you this last one for today. A good conscience is not only powered by the Holy Spirit. A good conscience is not only set by the word of God. 
But a good conscience is also cleansed by the blood of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, this is what it says in Hebrews 9, verse 14. How much more, then, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. That's Hebrews 9.14. Now, in this particular verse, this is an amazing promise. I mean, it's an amazing promise. Listen to it again. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciousness from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. What an amazing promise. Christ cleansing our consciences from acts that lead to death. You all don't even know when to shout. I'm telling you, this is an amazing promise. Here we have a solution for a contaminated, seared conscience that frees us from death eternally. Christ cleansing our consciousness from acts that lead to death. So the question is, how does he do it? How does he do that, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. I love you all because you asked me the right questions. How does he do it? By the blood of Christ. That's how he does it. By the blood of Christ. Because on the cross, he offered himself unblemished to God. He offered himself his unblemished perfect life as a sacrifice to God for us on account of our own sins that we've committed. Therefore, he alone, he alone is able to cleanse our consciousness through his blood, through his blood. Your conscience may have been corrupted. It might be even seared, but Christ can make it good. I, I just dropped a bombshell, some good news on somebody listening, and this will help you all with helping others. Our conscience may have been corrupted. It might even be seared, where we've lost sensitivity to even be aware of that which we're doing is wrong. But I've come today to say to you, in closing, Christ can make it good. That's, my brothers and sisters, what, is what redemption is all about. That's what redemption is all about. It's, it's all about it being powered by the Spirit. It's about it being set by the Word. It's about it being cleansed by the blood. Oh, my brothers and sisters, it would, I would that we would have a good conscience. A good conscience, and I've tried to share with you today and over the last couple of weeks how it is that we can get and keep a good conscience, all right? A good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit. It's set by the Word of God. It's cleansed by the blood of Christ. May I ask you all today to help me and to intercede on behalf of some persons who said, hey, Pastor, would you all, would you have the prayer warriors pray for me? Um, I need to get you all to help, and I want to pray for you on today, for those of you on this call. I want to pray for Brother Larry Thomas um, while he's continuing to go through 
therapy, and Jackie Thomas for the healing from cancer. We're praying for Dion Coleman as he continues to recover from knee surgery. Praying for Deacon Sharon Durham for continual healing. Um, Brother Gary Davis, who has been diagnosed with cancer. We're praying for the Gardner and Ware family in the season of transition of a loved one. Uh, we're praying for Barry Hayes as he's in preparation for knee surgery. Corrine Du Bois, we are praying, who was scheduled for heart surgery, but the delay has been delayed due to extended heart-related issues. So I want to ask you all to lift Corrine Du Bois in prayer, if you will. The family of Mother Bessie Pringle, we are lifting in prayer. Uh, we're praying, um, Mary, Sister Mary Davis and Deacon Evelyn Mack and Sister Martina Baxter and Associate Pastor Talia White. Continue prayers for Velda Jones, for Velda Jones, Sister Gaylene Musgrove, um, Associate Minister Chantal Russell. We're praying today for Ruth Ann Major, surgery, hip surgery, and in therapy. We're praying today for Sister Emma Oaks. We're praying today for Elder William Henderson praying for him on today. Um, we're praying for Pastor Thurm James, if you lift him in prayer and his family. Pastor Stephen Tucker, we're praying. Reverend Harold Brinkley, we are lifting in prayer. Um, praying today for those persons whose names I do not have um, that um, we ought to be calling. I would also pray for you on today. For those of you who are on this call, wherever you might be, from whatever state you're calling in from, I'm believing God to be omnipresent and to be able to be with you as he's with others in other locations. We are grateful to God. Father, in Jesus' name, uh, we are so honored, God, that we have been granted an audience with you early in the morning, God. We take our cues from you. We watched, God, how you retreated early in the morning that you might pull away in the stillness of the morning, in the stillness of the day, and communicate with your Father. So, God, we have taken a page out of your book knowing that we, too, can rise early in the morning and have our minds and our conscience set on you. Now, Lord, we thank you for saving us. We thank you for forgiving us. We thank you for making salvation available to us. We thank you, God, for the things that you've made available unto us by way of resources. God, we will never confuse the two, knowing that you are our source and you've given unto us resources. So we thank you for the resource of a job, for the resources of income, for the resources of family, for the resources of love. Thank you for all of the resources you've made available to us. 
God, but we understand that you are the source of everything. And so, God, we ask now that um, you would meet our needs. God, you've heard the names of those persons we've called. You even know the names of the persons we should have called. God, you know the needs that are on this call. You know what our aches and what our pains are, what our needs might be, what what makes us cry. You know, God, what sends us into depression. You know us so well until you've numbered the strands of hair on our heads. You you know us so well till you know our down sittings and our uprisings. God, you know us so well that we in fact say, Hey God, um, we stand in need of your divine intervention. God, we need you to stick your hands in our affairs. We need you to order our steps. We need you, God, to make sure that the people that are assigned to us during the course of this day are the people that we need for the solutions, for the problems that we have. We pray, God, that the resources that will come are those that you have sent and manifested in our lives that we might be able to have our needs met. So even now, uh, God, send the doctors, send the nurses, send the right medication, send the right connection. I'm praying even for board meetings that decisions are being made about these, your children. I'm praying today for contracts that will be signed and for goals and for visions and dreams that you have given and placed inside of us, Lord. I'm asking you now, if you would do everything, God, if you would do all, and we'll receive it even now, within your scope of understanding of omniscience, God, and what we need and sovereignty, that you would do what's needed, God, that we might move forth and advance your kingdom. I pray today, God, that you get glory from our lives. Now, Lord, it is our desire to have our conscience, to have our conscience, God, cleared. It's our, it's our, it's our God, it's our intent to, in fact, keep a good conscience cleared before you and before man. So, Lord, we pray now for your Holy Spirit to run rapid and to power our conscience. We pray now, God, that your conscience, that our consciences will be powered by the word, It will be set by your word, God. And, God, we're believing even now that as Jesus died on that cross 2,000 years ago, that, Lord, that his blood still has cleansing power. Now do it for us again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, you all, thank you for your time. I want you all to have a great day on purpose. I've given you all some principles not as an exercise of futility, but I've given you these principles because I believe you want to be discipled and you will run and go and disciple others. And so, hey, listen, my brothers and sisters, I want you to take these principles. On your mark, get set. Come on, let's grow. Love you all much. Have a great day.